This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermova, and today in episode 143, I'm going to be talking to you about asynchronous versus synchronous online classes. Before I actually get into today's topic, I just want to tell you that during the month of August 2021, I'm going to be offering something to those of you who share about this podcast. So you can share this podcast by um, sharing it on Facebook uh, or Twitter or Instagram, whatever your place is that you like to hang out online. Um, You can share it on a forum. You can share it in perhaps you belong to a homeschool group. Maybe they have some kind of uh, a a tool that you can share things with anywhere that you share it that you are allowed to share things um, just take a, a picture to prove that you've done it you can also give us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts and whichever one you choose to do just take a picture and email it to Meryl M-E-R-Y-L at fundafunda f-u-n-d-a f-u-n-d-a dot com just send me the picture and then you can pick any of our unit studies and we have a lot of them free so those are worth twenty dollars each all you have to do is actually share this podcast with some others send me the proof and then go on to fund to fund academy our show sponsor and go to the store click on unit studies and look through your options so it's a single one you can't take a bundle but you can have any of the single ones and we have them um, for fourth grade all the way through 12th grade so they just make sure that you pick something that's appropriate for the age range that you have at home all right so um, let's now get into our topic for today uh, a while ago, uh, I posted something online and mentioned asynchronous or somebody else had. And I, a friend actually pointed out that she didn't understand exactly what that meant. And I realized, you know, because this is my life being online, teaching online, um, you know, to me, it's really obvious what's asynchronous, what's, what is synchronous. But this, these two terms aren't ones that are always understood by everyone. And so prompted by this friend of mine, I thought I would actually just unpack the two and also specifically how they apply to online classes. So the word synchronous and obviously asynchronous as well then comes originally from the Greek, the Greek word sun, which means together and chronos, which means time. Then it eventually evolved into late Latin in the mid uh, in the mid 17th century. It became synchronous instead of synchronous. Um, in Latin, but that still means with, together with time. So it's kind of together time. So the idea here is that when you're doing something synchronously with someone else, whether it's um, the diving that you might be watching on TV or um, an online class, it means you're doing it 
at the same time as the other people. So a synchronous online class is one where everybody's in the classroom at the same time. Now, obviously a normal class is a synchronous class. If you go to a brick and mortar school, it's not online, but it's synchronous in the same time you are all working. Asynchronous, A literally means not, and so it's not synchronous. So it's the opposite. It's when people are working at different times. So let's just unpack what this means for online classes. So typically a synchronous class is a live class that you're doing via Zoom, Google Meet, or sometimes the actual platform uh, that you might be experiencing the classroom on has its own online component built in. It always has to have a large component that everybody is at the same time learning together from a teacher who is live with them. So obviously when it's online, it's live online. Within that though, there are going to be different types of classes. Some of them are ones where you literally come in, you spend the time with the teacher and you go off and you've done all the work. So this is obviously not likely to happen with high school classes, but for younger classes, the teacher may give instructions, she may divide them into groups, they may do everything and they go off and they have done it. Um, then there is also in the class, there's, there's different types of interaction. Now, specifically for adult classes, I mean, I've attended some like this. When they say, yes, it's a synchronous live class, it just means that you are sitting and listening to the person speaking in real time. You're actually not really involved. It's almost more like a lecture where the person up front is talking and perhaps they normally will give chance for questions and that kind of thing. But apart from you asking questions, there isn't always a lot of opportunity for the audience. See, I feel like it's an audience, more like a show, but for the um, students to participate. So there are those. But more and more now, teachers are learning how specific, especially as the uh, pandemic has sort of foisted this on so many people, but teachers are learning how to make it really interactive. And I've actually just been taking part in an online class, one for teachers, where they used Nearpod and made it really fun. Um, so you can have a live class where students are perhaps interacting with each other, first of all. So are they interacting in, in, in um, breakout rooms? Um, perhaps it's one where the teacher gives everybody in the class a chance to speak. So, you know, you sort of raise your hand and we go around. Sometimes it's the fact that everybody is working on their own at home, but they're working and so there are little problems set out like today we had to do, uh, we had to put a whole bunch of terms into the correct columns. We've had matchup games we've played to make sure we understood what we were learning. I mean, in personal finance, just kind of upping my game there. And um, then there, you know, there's all those kinds of things where you're basically like making sure that the students have actually understood what, what they've been doing. So you can have a, a lot of um, activity in an online class, even though you're all sitting in your own homes. And it doesn't have to be very passive. Online classes are obviously at a specific time of a specific day. So you need to know when um, that class is happening and you need to arrive just as you would with a physical classroom that you'd go to. Um, with synchronous classes, uh, sometimes if you miss a class, you've missed the class. However, more and more I am seeing people saying that they are recording the class. So which means that, you know, the person, the student watching it late, maybe they were ill or maybe they were on vacation and didn't have Wi-Fi or something. Um, and so they missed it. It means they might not be able to 
do all the interactions and perhaps they won't be able to ask an easy question though I'm sure they could email a teacher but at least they can still watch what's happened so when you are looking at synchronous classes that's what you want to look for do you want your kid to be active how much does the teacher let the students participate do they participate with each other or just with the teacher do they record the classes i think these are all things that are important when you're choosing a synchronous class because they are not all equal the same goes for asynchronous asynchronous is obviously not live so students are working through a classroom on their own time and this has a lot of different formats and i know because i teach asynchronous classes that is one of those more difficult things because if people have experienced one type they often assume that's what everyone's it's like first thing you need to find out is are they self-paced or not is the class self-paced or not a self-paced class you buy the class and whenever your child wants to do it they log in and they work through it um, sometimes those are graded and sometimes those aren't most often they are not so that the parent actually you know has to have some more involvement but you need to make sure which one it is now um, you also inside the classroom there are different types of activities some are literally just videos a child watches a video does a quiz watch a video do a quiz so the quizzes are just there normally multiple choice which are automatically graded so a parent doesn't have to be involved but that's just to make sure that they understand what they're doing and perhaps it forces them to go back and watch the video again if they don't score high enough uh, those are fairly passive type of classes online classes and I would suggest you you know maybe that's a good fit for you but if you want your kid to really be involved you want something that offers a little more because an online class could actually have more interesting assignments show sponsor funder fund academy we will take the kids in google in um, so like in google street view in the geography class or the spanish class sends them to um, online stores to go pretend shopping for different items or we'll be perhaps we will show a video but there'll be questions embedded in the video that students have to answer and again the assignments that they will do won't just be quizzes um, that's one way of testing for mastery but you can also get a student to create a digital poster or make a digital comic strip uh, we use that in um, the writing fund class and also actually US history class will do things like that there may be a simulation um, that they will take part in. So chemistry has simulations that it uses. The students get involved. So they're not just sitting and watching a video and, and doing multiple choice guess test. But there are interesting assignments that they are that they are doing online and they are perhaps doing research, submitting answers, and uh, there's a lot of variety it isn't just the same every time the next thing you want to look for is is it graded or not many of the self-paced ones as I said will not have a live teacher in it grading or giving feedback or anything like that some of them will have quizzes and things so that it will all be automatically graded others of them will have assignments and they're assuming that the parent will come in and have a look and see and grade their own child's work there's, it's not normally terribly onerous and you know just as a parent you can still go and see what your child's done and see do they actually what do they deserve for a grade uh, the other thing with asynchronous is do they have interaction with the teacher again as I said self-paced um, maybe I do actually know of some self-paced class classrooms uh, I, I know at least of one math teacher where 
um, the, it is graded. So students will go at their own speed, but there are people grading constantly as the students submit their work. So specifically, if it is a subject like math, you really do need a teacher um, to be able to say, to help when you get stuck. The same goes with computer programming. You know, it's all very well just going and, and doing something um, and following a list of assignments, but have you done it really correctly? Is there a better way to have coded it and what happens when you get stuck? So that's why I like Spinder Funder. We do have programming classes. There is somebody there to help you. We have teaching assistants in all the classrooms and they help you if you get stuck and they grade it and they tell you if, you, if it's a better way to do things. Do the students have interaction with other students? Even if you're in an asynchronous classroom, that doesn't mean that you're not actually interacting with other students. You're just interacting asynchronously. So for instance, you might have a discussion room. When the student gets to that assignment, they're expected to go and um, put in uh, whatever they think in the discussion. Later on, the next student comes and has a look and see. There are um, things like Flipgrid, which I use in some of my classes, which allow students to create videos and then go and comment on each other's. In a very easy fashion. I also use something called Padlet, which is like a big pin board where students will go and say like they made a digital poster or a video. They go and post that on there and they can go then look at each other's. And I often will ask them to interact or to pick their favorite. And so it's like a show and tell. So you can do that. It's just everybody's coming and going in their own time um, and not having to do it at the same time. The next thing to find out are the deadlines or not. Obviously self-paced, there will not be deadlines. But if it's not self-paced, um, the funder funder classes that I teach, those ones have deadlines. So typically, depending on the teacher, for me, it's normally a Friday night. Everything is due. Students need to submit it and then it gets graded, etc. So the only thing that's missing there is there's no live component, but the students are interacting with each other. Sometimes I even have group work. And again, they just sit and, you know, use a Google Doc work together on the Google Doc to plan something and talk to each other. I do have uh, like a huge big Congress simulation that um, the students in government do. So they still feel like they're in actual class and they get to know each other's names and they see each other's work. They just aren't interacting via Zoom. So as I said, show sponsor funder funder, ours are asynchronous. We have deadlines, they are graded and they have interesting formats. It is not just a video quiz type of format. So which gets us to what are the pros of each of these? I'm not so much looking at the cons because it's kind of the opposite. Synchronous. Synchronous classes are good for students who do better in a classroom situation, who actually need to be eyeballing a teacher, who need to be um, called upon, who need that uh, discipline of sitting in front of somebody else and the fun of actually experiencing all the teaching life. I have a child like that and um, she definitely works much better when it's synchronous. On the other side, who's asynchronous good for? Well, it's good for people who need a flexible schedule. So um, if you've got a child who um, has a job at strange hours during the day, there you would, that would be one if you're having a teen. Or if you know you travel a lot, then asynchronous is good because when you're on a plane, you don't have to be at the same time or you know in the car, you're not trying to let your kids listen to a live um, lecture at the same time. Obviously, you have to decide whether asynchronous, which type do you need self-paced or do you need the deadlines um, so that you've got some sort of accountability for your child as to which type of asynchronous, I said you've got all those options as well, but that's in general, they're better for flexible schedules. 
Also, they're good for students who like to work at their own pace. Most of my own kids loved the idea of homeschooling when they could go as fast as they wanted. So if they were if they understood everything and they were just working that they could just work on at their own speed they weren't sitting there they did not actually do as well sitting in a synchronous classroom whether it was even at, at our local co-op or um, online because they then were as had to be as slow as the slowest person in the class so somebody who didn't understand would put up their hand and that have to had to be repeated and my kids actually liked being able to just go with it and perhaps you know finish what the teacher expected to be an hour in half an hour and be able to move on uh, all I'm suggesting here is that whichever one you pick if you're looking at online classes for the fall make sure you know what you expect you should be able to find FAQs on a website you should be able to look at a demo or a sample um, and I know on Funder Funder Academy, I will put the link in the show notes. The show notes, by the way, are at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Or you can just go on our website and look at Funder uh, Funder Academy.com, that is. Um, and you could go on there and look at the FAQs. But we do have a demo classroom so you can get an idea if this is the right fit for your, your child or not. I would love to have you in our Facebook group. We have a um, Homeschooling with Technology podcast community group on Facebook. Again, link will be in the show notes, but come there and join us. And if you have any particular questions about classes and what I would suggest, and you could probably even ask people for suggestions of different types of classes that have worked well for them, we'd love to have you there. And remember again, that you have an opportunity to get one of our unit studies. Our unit studies are self-paced because they're not a full semester class, they're just enough for about four weeks. And those do not have deadlines, so they're not really an online class as such. They're much more like a typical unit study. They're just all delivered online, so you can work through them at your own speed. But um, take a look at those, and if you share our podcast with others, remember you can get one free. So um, only in August 2021. That's it for me today. And I look forward to seeing you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.